Welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast. I'm Ted Cluck, joined as always by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. And boys, it's uh, it's good to be here with you again in studio. And I'm reminded just of kind of how 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 to and far our uh, our influence extends. Uh, we were talking off the air about um, just different uh, different people, different organizations getting business because of uh, because of what we do here on the program. Uh, which is talking into into our computers once a week. Uh, so Barnabas, what I would like for you to do, man, not to put you on the spot here, but uh, I want you to to uh, get your best kind of promo voice going and do a do a great legitimate promo for our boys at uh, Resonate Recordings. A real promo for Resonate. So like the ones I do when people pay us money. Yeah, the ones you do for like uh, for authors when people pay right. us money, and and in which only Ronnie and I can tell whether you actually like the book. <laughs> Because we know you uh, in that way. But, that's, uh, that's a good yeah. point. Well, as a matter of fact, Resonate, while they don't pay us money, they do take really good care of us every single week because the fine folks over there do all of our editing and mastering. So the way this process looks a little behind the scenes for listeners is each of us sit at a relatively inexpensive microphone and talk into it, and it records via the interwebs. Resonate takes those mediocre you files. You just demystified the whole thing. Pardon. Well, no, 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 because... <laughs> Resonate mystifies it right back up again okay. by taking those mediocre files and turning uh-huh. it into the magic that hits people's ears. And that's only they're doing because we're not all that magical. So they, uh, they also do, they do various other editing for sermons, for podcasts. We know of at least one podcast who is now working with them because they heard about Resonate through the Happy Rant. So uh, if you are thinking about starting a podcast or you already have one, or if your church is looking to get sermon audio edited and posted online and things like that, they can help with that. Just go to ResonateRecordings.com. Uh, Mark and the folks that he works with there do fantastic work. We love working with them. They uh, they have never made a mistake on this podcast, as far as I know, and uh, not too many businesses do that high quality of work. We make all sorts of mistakes, and then they clean them up. So props to Resonate. Thanks for their help. Go to ResonateRecordings.com. Uh, if you're looking for any sort of audio editing services, they are fantastic. We don't make mistakes now that we keep a, a Wikipedia page open at all times. Good point. So, remember that guy? Oh, I got yes, I got corrected. Uh, I got corrected by somebody after uh, our last episode where we were poking fun at T4G because we were talking about Owen Strawn and uh, and we referred to him being in Louisville. And the guy said, "Why don't you check Wikipedia? He's in Kansas City now." So wow, wow. dude, uh, we forgot to have our page to open. Not where to not know where Owen Strahan is at all times. I know. I mean, I, our, I feel like I haven't. I haven't done my due diligence here. You're not so. Piper, I, Piper, I feel like you should – I mean I feel like you're the only guy that gets nailed about mistakes being made. And so we mentioned Owen Strachan and I just feel like no matter what we say or two, it just – it all comes back to you. I mean people want to get you down the – down the pipe, so to speak, with, with mistakes. It's well, baffling. Pun, pun yeah. well nice played, and That's I like the rhythm. fact that all three of us pronounced his last name differently as well. We've got <laughs> you know, Strahan, kind of Strachan, and Strong. It's kind of a Strong. postmodern last name. He, yeah. just wants, he wants us to interpret. How Look, we, if you want your last name to be Stran, then I think you should spell it like Stran, right? right? I mean, can S-C-R-A-N we just say that? S-C-R-A-N instead of adding C-H's in there. Is that exactly. the actual thing, Stran? I think so. It's Stran, yeah. It's Stran. But let's Dude, go with Strachan uh, because it's what's Stranny doing out in KC, man? What's there? Is there a uh, he there? went. He went to Midwestern Seminary, which is uh, it's now it's it's basically Southern Seminary West. Oh. It's uh, some folks from Southern Seminary went to Midwestern, and they're they're turning it into uh, 
a new Southern Baptist Mecca just a few states west. Dude, good times, man. Good times. Boys, uh, not to... <laughs> Not to move us off of that happy topic of, uh, of Southern Seminary just kind of uh, taking over the, the Mid-South and, uh, and parts West. But uh, I don't know if you guys know this. So uh, if this uh, shocks you, apologies in advance. Uh, Prince died last week. You're kidding. Uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you heard or saw anything about that, but I did. And um, I say that only to introduce this topic of – uh, the furor and kind of the public, you know, outcry, the fervor over these celebrity deaths. Not man, to be confused like, with like mine furor. That would be uh, that, <laughs> yeah. not at all related. You know, that was another celebrity death, albeit one that took place a long, long time ago. And so, one about which fewer people were upset, I would imagine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, public public opinion on that one was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty well uh, solid. So. What did you What did you guys think? Not only of Prince's death, but of the response to Prince's death. Ronnie, being in the uh, spending as many years as you did or are in the music industry, I feel like you must have a uh, you probably have a unique perspective on this because I feel like the thing that made Prince huge was not just his music, but how influential he was in the industry. So, any any interesting takes from that side of things? Yeah, I mean, you know. Prince was obviously just, you know, a legend. I mean, you can't, you know, there's no disputing that or debating that, whether you loved him or hated him or were indifferent to him, which was me. That's the latter. I just was indifferent, was never influenced by him, never listened to any of his music. It just wasn't really my genre or my taste and, you know, lacked a lot of melody for me, quite frankly. So people can start tweeting about that, that I just said that. But, um, yeah, I, I just think what I'm always really interested in, especially since we've had guys like David Bowie die in the last few months and yep. then now Prince, is, um, you know, especially when you get these just massive legends, is I'm, I'm always curious about sort of this, this outpouring of grief from people of which I always question just how tapped in and influenced they were by these individuals music and artistry and so i'm always just kind of shocked when i hear like sort of the typical outcry of grief and i'm looking at these people some of these people that i even know going i, I really don't think you were a prince fan like so you never you even were- mentioned prince he's never right. been on the playlist in your car yeah and it's it's that kind of a thing so it's i'm just always a little baffled by it not that people shouldn't pay their respects or you know uh, acknowledge uh, you know his status as a legendary artist and you know massive influencer but sort of this like this this grief that people sort of ex- expend out there into the interwebs and you just go really like are you are you really that affected by an artist that at 30 years old you probably weren't that influenced by him you know and i I feel like on top of that or right alongside that, kind of part of the same thing is this uh, – it's almost as if people – it's like it's like grief one-upmanship. Yes. It's like, oh, you you were heartbroken. Well, it, it shattered my life. Right. Except that neither of you have heard any songs besides Purple Rain and you've never listened to it all the way through. So <laughs> it, it – I, I mean it just – it is very strange to me and, and David – Prince, like when Prince died, I was sad. But my perspective on it was, it was like a kind of a hometown legend. Because if you're from Minnesota, you yeah, you yeah. own your hometown superstars. Because it's not a place like Los Angeles or something where like stars abound. And so right. people like Prince, you're like, oh, he's ours, and he and he still lived in Minnesota and all this stuff. So, Dude, so let me let me ask you this, man. Where was Prince for you in the pantheon of Minneapolis stars? 
Well, like growing up, he he was sort of like a uh, a behind the scenes legend. Like he he yeah. was sort of a mystical figure. Like he didn't just he wasn't around town. It's not like in Nashville right, right. you see country stars like at Starbucks. He he wasn't that guy. But like he owned property, and you'd hear stories about how his altruism in the community and. Um, the community center that used to be his junior high was not that far from where I grew up and all this stuff. But um, it, when I was in high school, I started listening to his music a little bit, and I was always intrigued because I was like, this doesn't sound like anybody else. Like he just had his – he was just sort of a, a musical uh, – it was avant-garde and artistic and weird and, and kind of cool, but I was never a massive fan. So for me, it was like, oh, it's like hearing that your favorite uh, – like a, a, an, an athlete or like a, the the favorite hometown restaurant finally closed down or whatever. Like, oh, that's a part right. of my, my upbringing. It wasn't like, oh, he shaped my childhood. But like the weeping, the outpouring of grief, the, the lighting. <laughs> the, I mean, did they light the Eiffel Tower purple for this one? I feel like uh, other places were. I don't know where it all went. But all of that stuff, I was just like, what – it's like it's like we have to prove our grief by being louder about it than the last time. Like, oh, David Bowie got this much, but Prince was a bigger legend, so let's be that much more over the top about it, even though none of us have listened to any songs of his in the last – like, we forgot that was on our iPods. And yeah. uh, I don't know. It's I And the problem is I did hear a couple stories from people, like online, I read articles, where they were genuinely affected by Prince, either in a personal way or his music was very meaningful at a key time in their life. And all that stuff gets lost in the noise of like the the purple filter on your Facebook photo and stuff like that. Yeah, I just think it becomes um, it just becomes a way for for people to to be more self promoting in some ways. And I know that sounds maybe it's maybe that's disin you know maybe that's that's not being very generous right now, given that he just died last week. But so I don't mean it in any way like that, you know, just to be as PC as I can. I mean, look, man, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm living in a purple world right now alongside everybody else. I walk outside, the sky's purple. I get in the shower, I turn on the water, it's coming out purple. Like everything's purple right now. So like, I get that, but um, I, it feels to me like because of the sort of the age that we're living in is everybody is using it as a way to make it about themselves. So yeah. when you, when you go on like music sites and you got all these dudes that are doing covers of Prince songs, they're doing interviews, you know, Bono's talking about how Prince changed his life and like everybody sort of uses it as a, as a grab to almost really talk about themselves. And um, because we live in this sort of like media driven age, it's possible to do that. And then, so on a lesser extent, you know, all of our friends and Twitter are acting like, oh my gosh, you know, the, the, you know, we've just, you know, the world has come to a close now because Prince has died. And so I, it's interesting times, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like all these things when they happen, you know, especially when you look at the way when Bowie died and I, and I'm really surprised. And I'd like to get your take on this big T because I, man, I felt like when David Bowie died, I thought, okay, besides like Michael Jackson, like this is it. Yeah. Like, like yeah. the world's just going to fall apart. David Bowie has died. And granted you got all of that. But I feel yeah. like I quick, feel like quick with question Prince is dying, is that is that because of how big he was or because of how big the response was like when you say you thought the world was going to fall apart? Well, I just thought yeah, I just thought because Bowie is like I mean, Tim, you know, again, we, so we can we can sort of argue about who's you know who was bigger, more influential, Bowie, Prince, whatever, yeah, uh, yeah. among these like legendary dudes. But I thought, man, the outpouring for Bowie, I just thought, oh my gosh, like this is never going to end. This is just going to go on and on and on. But you know, like everything else, it quickly came to a close. I feel like Prince is even more exaggerated than Bowie, you know, and I'm kind of surprised by that. Of those three artists that you mentioned, though, Bowie, Prince, and Michael Jackson. I mean, we all grew up in the 80s and 90s. The only one of those artists that was really ever played 
by anybody was Michael Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he was, I, I he was the pop star. The other guys were like industry influencers, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I consider myself fairly musically literate, and I, I have some David Bowie tracks that I like listening to. But, but yeah, as far as, you know, what would I listen to now if I had the opportunity to listen to, you know, any of those guys, it would hands down be Michael Jackson, and, and I think it would be that for most people. But, um, yeah, so he, here's the litmus test, boys. Um, did Al Mohler write a piece called How Are We to Think About Prince? I mean, did it get to that level of – like did this thing reach into um, – I, I don't know, but if he did, he straight up Jesus juked in the first three sentence and said, not that prince, the prince of peace, yeah. and oh. took it that direction. You know, and somebody did, And somebody did that though, right? Wasn't there – I felt like there was – I feel like there was there some had to commotion. be a piece on, yeah. on Prince or Bowie. There had to be some hipster somewhere who was like, you know what? I am going to speak wisdom into these into these musicians' lives. Yeah, uh, I haven't read that, anything. I haven't read did anything. Did that happen? So. Well, I don't know. I haven't collected myself up in the puddle on the floor that I have been since the news broke on Twitter. So uh <laughs> I, you I, listen to me, be strong. Okay. I, that was a, I need that you to be strong puddle. for me, right? It's yeah, it, it it just the doves cried purple tears and uh and i collapsed into it and have yet to get up so yeah my thing is i just can't think of one prince song that i ever want to listen to i mean See, i'm the- sorry the guy died and everything but i just i have no affinity for the music whatsoever i, I have three of them on my uh on my iphone and it's the three that I've read. Well, two that I've referenced, and then the party like it's 1999 song, just because oh, I yeah. find that really kind of funny. Like it's it's a fun <laughs> song, and it's like it sometimes you just play it because it, it it makes you laugh. But that's it. Like I don't know his other song. But I probably know more that I'm forgetting. But I mean, it's Doves Cry, Purple Rain, and the 1999 song, and that's that. Yeah, those, and that's mean, it. Prince was an influencer. I mean, one of you guys said that yeah. well. I mean, he really he like Bowie, he was an influencer. If you collected I mean, this is a dude that released, you know, some years he would release multiple albums. He was massively prolific. He was probably he's probably the most prolific artist of the last like 30 or 40 years. Nobody released as much material as him. So when you just take it and you put it all in one big, you know, stack, I mean, he definitely was a guy that influenced more people towards becoming songwriters, becoming producers. Probably then you take his work as a collective whole um, as being something that is on everybody's, you know, iPod. Let me uh, let me ask you this: what uh, what's the most embarrassing song on your iPod? Uh, I think I have some Shania Twain on there. Nice baby, like uh, the man, man. I feel like a woman, except dude. You know what? I love that song. It requires it requires being embarrassed to have embarrassing music on there. I and I don't really feel embarrassed by that. But I think I have I have that one. I have uh, what do I have on there? I'm sure I have a bunch of Taylor Swift because at one point um, I I put I put a bunch of my kids' music on there and that made it on there. Uh, But I think the Shania Twain would probably rank as the most embarrassing. I love it. Big R, I, I know you don't get embarrassed, and you're going to be very politic about this question because of your music yeah. industry connections. But uh, yeah. do, do I even waste my breath on this question for you? No, you don't. There's nothing I'm embarrassed about. I own everything I listen to. Yeah, it's yeah, all no, valid. I know that, man, but it's all valid. Be embarrassed. Yeah, we, we've we've been over that ad nauseum. But what what would yeah. other people tell you you should be embarrassed about? There you um, go. Yeah, they would probably say like point of grace. 
No, they'd probably say it's it's dumb that you listen to that one like Blink One Eighty Two song, Ronnie. But except for the fact that it's a fantastic pop song, so they're you know I'm back to that. You know, oh, you know yeah. it's, it's funny. A bunch of music that I that I would have thought was embarrassing in like 1998, when it's on the radio now, like anything by say like Rob Thomas. Oh yeah, I listen to it now and I'm like it's kind of catchy. And either which which either means my taste sucks now or. Uh, or I'm just a lot less self-conscious about what I'm allowing myself to enjoy. Or your taste was always bad, Piper. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, it's just a different version of terrible now. Speaking of people who have bad taste, uh, Pipe, this was a great, um, a great suggestion by you, or maybe it was by uh, a listener, I don't know. But uh, the question is this. Um, so given all these movements and all these kind of um, pockets of celebrity, I guess, that we've been, uh, that we've been discussing over the last few weeks – um, the question is, why are followers crazier than leaders? So one example being, and I'm not, I'm not speaking to the craziness of, uh, of any of these people. This is just one that, uh, that came to mind. Uh, Douglas Wilson, um, who, who may or may not have a bit of a reputation in that, uh, in that space. He may. Um, he may. And uh, <laughs> his, his followers, who I think are, are definitely uh, at times crazy people, and they seem to be – even crazier than he is. So, what? Why is this? Why this phenomenon where uh, you take a, you know, a thing that may not be in and of itself that crazy, but yet the people that follow it end up being sort of rabid about it, and and their zeal definitely eclipses their zeal for things that maybe should matter, like the gospel. I I think it's and it I think it's because you get people who are looking for an identity. And they're they're sort of insecure people, or they're they're kind of trying to latch on to something, and they find these. It's usually pretty pretty clear, outspoken people. Like it's hard to find crazy followers of Tim Keller, for example, because right. he's so balanced. Yeah. But uh, but you, if you get somebody, even like my dad, you know, who says pretty pointed things about whether it's theology or culture or whatever. People who are looking to latch onto these, and so they're already kind of fragile follower types. And uh, I, I don't necessarily mean that as an insult, but it probably kind of comes off that way, and I'm okay with that. Um, and they they take the they latch onto the extremity of what these guys say, and maybe maybe the the leader has thought through it and is thinking in terms of nuance and balance and things like that. And all they hear is the most extreme version, and they're like, "Oh, I own that." And they just define themselves by it. And so what was maybe a little bit nuanced or well thought through, like all the nuance is left behind and all you get is the like the blunt edge. And uh, and then that's what they define themselves by. And so they just become like these shrill, angry uh, self. You know, they're still as insecure as ever, but they like they just they just cloak themselves in John Piper said this or Doug Wilson said this or whatever. And then and. And then you end up – they just end up crazy. It was the same thing with Driscoll. It's the same thing with Donald Trump. And uh, it, they're always crazier than the person on stage, which is saying something when it's Donald Trump. Big R, let me ask you this, man. Have you ever, even for the shortest amount of time in, in YouTube pipe, have you ever followed anyone with that level of zeal or any cause or any sort of subculture? Um, I don't, gosh, I don't think to that degree. I mean, I'm, you know, I've been a fanboy here and there, but it's always been very short lived. And, and I always, I always eventually just sort of 
fall back into whatever the content is more so than, than the person. So that, that's just been my default. And, and granted, I could go too far into the content, but I, I don't find myself, I don't really have the kind of personality that just is, you know, sort of bowing at the feet of the person, defends the person, loves the person, posters yeah. of the person. I just, it's never just really been in my nature uh, to do that, you know, r- really too much. So like, what about you, man? Even like a, a Minnesota athlete? <laughs> well, I think athletes are a little different because they're not really putting out content. So like, yeah, I was, yeah. I, I was, and would still be if, if he was alive, a massive Kirby Puckett fan and Kevin Garnett fan <laughs> and whatever. But like, there's very little harm in that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess that would be the case where like, if somebody was like, no, Tim Duncan's better than Kevin Garnett. If I was to drop the gloves and just fight with them, I guess that's kind of the same thing. <laughs> But yeah. uh, no, I think it, when it comes to like the, the the thought and the worldview kind of thing, there was a stretch, like say from freshman year in college until my early twenties, so four or five years there, with with a with a dissipating level where I was sort of the angry cage stage Calvinist because yeah. I came out of it, and then I got to college and ran across a whole bunch of like Wesleyans and Methodists and people who didn't agree with me. I was outside my theological bubble, and I just. I, I became the Calvinist warrior. You mean those people go to Wheaton? Yeah, shocker. Um, oh, wow. And uh, Dude, what did what did I, that look like, Pipe? Was, yeah, was that's that interesting. You, like, Flesh that out. Yeah. We, yeah, was that you like shutting people down in like small groups or uh, or more online or what? What oh, was the goodness? Uh, well, let me just start by saying this: if I knew you in college. Yeah. Um, I just apologize for me. I apologize for <laughs> my my mouth and my attitude. I was I if I knew if I went back and met myself, I wouldn't like me at eighteen to say twenty two or twenty three. So, <laughs> Piper, just, none of us would. You know, none of us would. You right. realize that's a common theme, no. right here. Yeah, right oh, now. absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I understand most people uh, have a lot of things to grow out of. But it was. I mean, it, it's you know, it's like the late night dorm room arguments and uh, the kind of st- the kind of statements like. Like, uh, well, I'm not a Calvinist. I'm a Paulinist, and that kind of stuff. Where you, oh, you, yeah, know, you yeah. associate yourself with the Bible because clearly, how can an Arminian read the Bible and believe the same thing they do? That that sort of attitude, uh, arguing with professors in classes. I went to a church that was pretty reformed, so I didn't get a lot of it there. But in those circles, it was more like talking amongst ourselves about those weird semi-Pelagians over there and that kind of thing. Like I'm annoying myself just talking about this. I want to smack my own mouth. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it, that, and, and so for me, it was attaching myself to a camp because I hadn't kind of learned to sort through, uh, a don't be a jerk and B how to, how to be a little bit more even handed and level headed about theology and how you communicated and things like that. And so, but, and that's why I say a lot of it is identity because to, to be level and sort of be able to float between things and understand two different sides of things requires a pretty strong sense of confidence in who you are and what you believe and the things that you are anchored in. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, Ted, the gospel, for example. Um, and, and so you anchor in these peripheral things because they're a little bit more tangible and visible and, and easily defined. And so you're like, no free will or whatever. And, uh, and you try to – you kind of blanket yourself in that f- stupid identity and become a jerk about it. And I think sometimes the leaders – and you know, going back to the original question, sometimes the leaders are crazy. And crazy leaders have that, like the craziest of followers. Right. Donald Trump, right. for example. But, but 
moderately crazy leaders or or very outspoken leaders still have crazy followers because the followers are not intelligent enough and haven't gone through the same thought process that the leader has. They just grab a phrase or a concept and misconstrue it and, and define themselves by it. And I would bet that a lot of these leaders are like, you guys need to ease up. Like you guys are, are worse – you know, that's not what I meant when I said that thing, and yet you have decided to bludgeon people with it. Right, right. Like I'm sure I I'm sure John Calvin would not be pleased with what a lot of the people who claim his name are like now. Yeah, including people that claim his name at all, that we took his doctrine yeah. and, and put his name on it. Yeah, I'm sure he's not sure he wouldn't be thrilled with the stamp that he gets put on this doctrine, but at the risk <laughs> of Jesus juking, I'm fairly certain Jesus feels the same way about people who claim his name too. <laughs> <laughs> wow, boy, yeah. we just jumped—we just jumped the shark a little bit, Big T, with that one, didn't we? <laughs> Dude, Come we on, did. if you can't get a Jesus juke into this podcast, what are we doing here? Yeah, I, I love know. it. I love it, boys. I feel like that's a, a just a natural segue into our final segment, which is uh, an invention of B Pipe. I feel like this this episode is kind of showcasing Pipe, which uh, which I'm fine with completely. Did uh, but but this uh, this this concept is called. Uh, unpopular opinions. So the idea here is that we each just share one unpopular opinion. Sometimes there's a category like food or movies or whatever. Uh, other times, like today, it's just uh, it's just kind of a freestyle. So um, Big R, let's start with you. Let's hear uh, one unpopular opinion. I don't know. Like, give me a minute to think. I feel like I already stated all my unpopular opinions on the Prince segment. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, so. your goal here is to state it as a black and white statement so that there is yeah. there is no room for agreement with you. That's really, right. Just in, that's a, just really in an entertainment sense. Yes. Think of this as Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith just talking nonsense. Talking By the way, did you, yeah. Ted, did you hear that, uh, that Skip is leaving ESPN? Really? Yeah. Why? Uh, I mean, that's great news, but why? I'm sure his contract is up, and uh, they decided that oh, we don't want the we don't want to blow hard on our show anymore. Yeah, Uh, even though that's kind of the nature of the show. Apparently, Fox Sports is about to pay him four million dollars a year to go do his shtick there. God, dude, and that shtick to me is just so bad, (laughs) so so bad. That is not an unpopular opinion. You no, it isn't. That's an opinion that that everyone will agree with. (laughs) That's right. Don't don't you agree though that um, like media needs Baylesses? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah, I think but Fox doesn't. They have all the Baylesses. They're just on the political they do. side. They're, col- they're collecting Baylesses, unfortunately. <laughs> Ronnie, have, have you come up with an unpopular opinion yet? No, I'd actually, you know, in, unless the whole program's dominated by B-Pipe, Big T, I would like you to come up with the first one. Let's do that. How about you? Dude, I have one, actually. Go Throw it out there. Yes. Throw it. My unpopular opinion is that, um, oh, man, and this is going to kill me in the South. I don't like earnest people. <laughs> you know what I mean? There, there is. Okay, give people. an example. Give an example. Yeah, give dude, a I, real, I will. Yeah. I've got, I've got examples galore. Actually, I, uh, I, I love, I love where I work. Um, no doubt about it. I just am beyond blessed to be here. But um, you know, that I spend a lot of like time. Sounds like an walking. earnest statement. Can we take you seriously? <laughs> it is an earnest <laughs> statement. But I spend a lot of time walking around campus, right, between buildings, and you know, college is a time of sort of trying on identities and figuring out who you are. And there are there are a couple of couples that are just so kind of steeped in earnestness, i.e. there's no like there's no sort of insidery jokes. There's no even like kind of ironic head nod. I mean, there's just they're so earnest that they seem to float from building to building. You know what I'm saying? 
And I, I don't know if this style thing has gotten to Nashville or not, but there, there's sort of a like an old lady dress thing going on down here where you just wear like a like a smock that like your grandmother would have worn. <laughs> like a little wear, house on the prairie dress? Like a little house on the prairie smock. And if you're super earnest and spiritual and, and sort of dialed into to things, you wear it without shoes, right? And you just sort of, you know, you, you walk around a little bit stoop-shouldered and ethereal kind of – just gazing into the distance. Is it and, is um, that sort of a like is that like a hippie thing or like all of this ground is holy ground thing? Dude, I, th- I think it's that. I think it's like an earnest Christian hippie thing. Oh, so it's where, not like it's not like a twee like indie rock chick like trying to look like that. That's not what. No, you're no, saying. no. It's like an earnest, yeah, like an earnest Christian like thoughtfulness thing. And dude, I know, I know, we share the bond in Christ, but I just I don't know what to say to these people. You know. When you say earnest, so okay, so when you say earnest, this, I, when I say earnest, say, I mean, I mean very serious. I mean, like people that take themselves too seriously—is that what you mean? Yeah, people who take themselves very seriously, people who don't have a gear socially for like sarcasm, good-natured chop busting, or sarcasm, right. or laughter, or or even like, like raised sh- voices, or even raised voices, or even like a, a a funny observation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I just. Like, yeah, I would they, say I would, they would yeah. hate this podcast. It's that it's that That's, kind of yeah. they would hate they, yeah they would never listen to this. So I know it's not even a danger, but um, yeah, it's yeah, kind of like the uh, it's kind of like that whole thing. Yeah, and this kind of this kind of segues away into into maybe what could be mine, which is let me just okay. kind of hit off that a little bit, or let me let me echo that to use a, a Christian phrase. You echo that been, echo. That's been popular for the last 1900 years is, um, well, yeah, it's, it's this idea of people that take what they do so seriously, like their vocation, you know what I mean? So in my line of work, like you see that a lot. So in other words, these are dudes that will joke about certain things in certain areas of life. But when you try to bring it back to like what it is exactly they do, it's just straight face. You know what I mean? Like they take themselves and what they do so seriously and i'm just you know you look at them and you go really like you can't you can't let the guard down even for what you know it's sort of like that artistic sort of attitude about everything do you yeah, know what i mean yeah Ooh, oh yeah artists yeah it's the wor- artists are the worst <laughs> well, artists and, are they, the worst. they kind of are it's in the, those those two groups have real similar personas because there is sort of that sense of they are they are above the triviality of humor and yes. uh, and fun and Dude, like, yeah, they see humor as just the the most frivolous, like selfish thing imaginable. And and but but the group that like so the group that Ronnie's talking about is sort of like peer down their nose at that crowd. Like it's it's straight up smugness if I'm picturing it correctly. The other group, the earnest crowd, I feel like it's more like a. Uh, Dude, they're really nice. They're really amazing it's, people. Right, I just have they, nothing they give to say like, to them. They give you like this little half smile, like, aw, kind of thing. Yeah. Like they feel yeah. sorry for how trite your life is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the vibe that uh, that I picture from from that crowd. And and it's it's actually making my blood boil just a little bit because I have yeah. run-ins with them as well. Yeah, totally. And and again, like I don't there's nothing to hate about these people, right? Because they're so good. It's just I, I just have nothing to say to them, you know. Yeah, they and 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 the first words out of your mouth always fall flat. I mean, it's just lead oh, balloon. Oh, dude, yes, they're always horribly awkward. And this is a this is a thing that especially men in that genre will do. They'll do the thing, and again, I get this on campus because I'm going in and out of buildings all the time. But they'll hold the door for you. They'll hold the door open for you, even if you're three miles away, you know. <laughs> and it's like, dude, just just keep going. I don't need that. 
You know, I'm I'm a I'm a big guy. I got this. You know. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I mean, what? Well, what's okay to to completely change the subject? What's the proper distance that somebody needs to be behind you? Like within which it's it's right to hold the door? Like how many you know, steps? Great. Yeah, yeah. We need to suss this out. I would say I no we're... longer than five feet. Five no feet. Than five feet. Yeah. Okay. Well, you you clearly live in the north because I, I would say it's more like five steps. Well, okay, maybe that's five feet. Well, you a very short person walking behind you. <laughs> Tiny little mincing steps. That's right. What are they, I mean, tap, are they tap dancing? little steps. I mean, yeah. I'm five foot nine, Piper. I, I guess I'm just speaking from experience. You know, I don't know what to say about that. They're tap dancing. If Fred Astaire is behind you, five steps. I, I also <laughs> feel like it's singing the, in the rain. The distance Ooh, gets longer up. if you have made eye contact with them. You know, you glance over your shoulder to see if someone's there and they say they're like 12 steps behind you. But if you yeah. make eye contact, you have to hold the door. Otherwise, you are conscientiously choosing to be a jerk. Hey Dude, guys, you know what you know I do what in this... that situation? I just kind of, I do the thing where I push the door open like real wide and then I just let it sort just of let it swing. Swing, yeah. <laughs> and they can hustle if they want. They can hustle if they want, man, you know? <laughs> or or we not. Should do, we need to do an entire podcast on etiquette and different aspects Dude, yes. of etiquette. Yes. We absolutely do. Because I'm sure we're all masters of etiquette. Well, I'll tell you what. In fact, let's get some let's get some listeners um, ideas for this, too. Like send in some of your etiquette pet peeves and we'll we'll do an entire we'll do an entire podcast. So you you can send those to happyrantpodcast at gmail dot com. Hit us up at happyrantpod on Twitter or find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page which is called Happy Rant Podcast. And we'll we, we want etiquette pet peeves. Etiquette, pet peeves, subtitle, how the gospel changes, how we move and think. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, and, and we'll, call, yeah, we'll call that the Mr. Manners episode or something there like you go. that. I love it. All right, well, I have, I have a, a, a pair of unpopular opinions, but they're very closely related because they both have to do with regional foods. Oh, all right, man. The Let's first is that Chicago-style deep dish pizza is not pizza. It's cheese casserole. Mm-hmm. Oh. The second is that In-N-Out Burger ranks just barely above McDonald's on the quality scale. Wow. Dude, but people are like rabid about it, man. People I are know. Slightly devoted to it. I expect people to tar and feather me for the In-N-Out one. The Chicago-style one, like that's an, that's an active debate, the New York-style versus Chicago-style pizza. My point is that it's not pizza at all. Like it's yeah, if you yeah. can't pick it up and eat it with your hands, it's not pizza. It's cheese casserole. Yeah, you're right, man. It's a it's a whole different genre of uh, of Italian food at that point. But okay, so so about two years ago, I was out in California on a business trip, and I'd heard from everybody who grew up out there that In and Out Burger is the best. And you know, and I knew all like they they'd given me the go up and order this. It's not on the menu. It's one of their secret menu items. And so like, I knew what I was supposed to order. Uh and I ordered it and I was like this is a Big Mac without the bread in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And and I drove out of my way for this. Now granted it's California, so you don't have to go that far out of the way cuz they're everywhere. It's kind of like white castles in Tennessee, but um I just Did you know I was unimpressed. You know what else along those lines uh, related to our geography pipe is uh, Chick-fil-A, man. I'm just – I'm not a Chick-fil-A guy. I just See, think the hype funny. is it, – it's OK. I mean I'll eat it, but I, I don't think the hype is uh, – you know, the, the quality is commensurate with the hype. I think, I think the hype of Chick-fil-A has, has more to do with – people feel sanctified when they go to Chick-fil-A. And so it, it's, like, it's like fast food without the guilt. Yeah, yeah, but I know a lot. Of, I know a lot of like unsanctified people that like love. Oh, Chick-fil- I I love Chick Fil A, but I get what Ted's saying. Like, it's you don't bite into it and immediately go, "This is 
this is the best chicken sandwich I've ever had. You go, this is a good chicken sandwich. I guess you go in there, you go in there between 11 and two and you got to wade through like, you know, 83 homeschool kids and their moms. It's like a reformed church lobby on a Sunday morning. (laughs) Here's how you improve your Chick-fil-A experience. Yeah. Say thank you as many times as you can to employees (laughs) and see, like, see, see what your record can get to, to how many times you can get them to say my pleasure. Okay. It's, it's just it's it's like a it's like a, 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 a like a little party game at Chick Fil A. Just how many times can you get them to say "my pleasure"? Because because you have to find something to do to overcome all the kids who are running around screaming in the play place because their mom or moms are bringing them to eat Christian chicken. Dude, wow! Exactly, wow! You know you know what, Pipe? I'm a big Popeyes guy. Do you ever eat Popeyes? Wow! I do like Popeyes. I don't know if I would say it's better than Chick Fil A, but it's it's definitely underrated on the fast food chicken scale. I agree, man. Bojangles, wow. Bojangles chicken biscuit, also excellent. Ooh, nice. Wow, you can try that one out. I don't. Do they have Bojangles up uh, up your way, Ronnie? I've seen them, but I haven't. I haven't eaten one. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I can't recall. They're usually I disgusting places. Like Bojangles is usually a diet. They just opened one near us, and within three weeks, it was already like like a a, a gas station bathroom. But uh, but <laughs> but the chicken biscuit is phenomenal. Hmm. Big R, have you come up with an unpopular opinion yet? You know, gosh, I, I I haven't. I'm just not not that creative today. You know, I've, oh, big R, I love this. You know, Mike, here's I, a here's a little project, man. You and me for the next two to three minutes are going to come up with what we think Big R's unpopular opinions would be. All that's right? true. Because here's the thing: he's got nine of them in his head right now, and he's afraid. He's to, not going to do he's it. He's afraid to say them because he's too he's, savvy. He does you not know? want he's to. Cagey. Yes, afraid is the wrong word. He is. Yeah. He's being selective about saying them. For the sake of not offending somebody. Dude, Big R's just, always taking, he's always taking the long view, you know? Dude, you know what? I mean, let me just be honest, fellas. I mean, if, if I would have res- – I mean, there was a lot on the line for me to even like be in the same room as you guys after Dude, that. There's uh, so much on the line. I mean, man. after that In-N-Out Burger comment and me being an ex-Californian, <laughs> there's a lot there. I don't, I don't want a guy to be in a plane flying out here right now after he yeah. stops off in Nashville to strangle pipe to come my <laughs> way and then, and then finish me well, off. Here's know, the thing. Uh, I was really hoping that you as a former Californian and maybe you still consider yourself a Californian because if you're born and raised in a place it sticks with you that you would have actually like given me some pushback and all you gave me was wow okay do you want to hear my opinion on that pipe you want to keep you want to keep talking about it you want to hear my opinion I want to hear your opinion okay so here's the deal now I am a really unpopular guy because Man, I've just never drank the In-N-Out Kool-Aid or or the burgers for that matter. I mean, so I, I kind of I, what I like to tell people is I actually believe, and this is literally there's they're like somebody's like steering like you know cruise missiles at, at, at my office right now, but um, I, I actually believe that Five Guys is a better burger than In-N-Out. Second, I, the motion bill is passed. Totally dude. agree with you. I mean, it's just a way better burger. And again, if there's an In-N-Out right in front of me, I mean, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to get a double double. I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. No complaints. But if there's a five guys in an In-N-Out, I mean, I hate to say this, but I'm going to go to five guys. I'm going to go there. No, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Five guys is great. It's like my Baby favorite is, fast uh, casual burger out there. Is In-N-Out in the same like price strata is five guys though because i i totally agree on five guys quality but you're paying like 22 dollars for a burger and a, and a little basket of uh of, of peanuts right man yeah no so in and out is che- in and out i think is cheaper uh-huh. and 
the uh, but the menu's similar in that it's just burgers and fries, so it's really it's okay. limited limited yeah. menu. Yeah. But yeah, In and Out In and Out is just legendary status, and it yeah. has and, and you guys got to understand too that it has kind of a little bit of a Chick Fil A uh, push to it because you know the owner is a you know is a believer and they print like, right? scripture verses on the bottoms of the cups, and so yeah, and so they 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 only franchise out to family members, so it is a Christian you know, quote unquote organization in that sense. And so there's, there's also a lot of, there's also a lot of heart from the church to in and out in Southern California. If they, so were, if they were real Christians, they would print the verses where people could actually read them. Dude, if they're really real Christians, they'd be closed on Sunday, like chick fil That's you right. Know? Amen. <laughs> I, I, here's, I, I have a, uh, I have an unpopular opinion for Ronnie. And this is, I think okay. he's, he, I've never heard him say anything remotely close to this because I think yeah. he's been uh, I think he's been coy about it. I think Ronnie yeah. really likes kale. Wow. I think I think <laughs> that's Ronnie's unpopular opinion. I'm stunned, man. I'm yeah, stunned, I'm, but not stunned. You I'm know stunned. What I mean? I'm stunned by how little you know me, Piper. <laughs> oh. Or, or am I just messing with you? That's the other yeah. question. You know, man, I, I I'm with you guys on on the kale hype. I just, I just I don't I don't really do it. So no, that wouldn't be one of my one of my unpopular opinions. I, I wouldn't be that dogmatically positive about kale. You know, and you know what else I don't like what? are um. Oh, you know what? I can't say that. That's going to get me in too much trouble. Carry on, boys. dude. You you can't no, say it no. because you almost had an opinion. Better say it. We almost goaded you into playing the game. No, I almost said something so bad that if some, there, I'm, I'm thinking of four people listening to this podcast that I would have gotten in brutal trouble Does it have to do with, with. do with yoga or CrossFit, perhaps? I mean, you know, you could add that into CrossFit, it if you wanted Judas. to, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a question. Ted, where did you come up with Judas? And actually, I think I've heard both of you say this uh, as your, as your uh, non-offensive <laughs> expletive of choice. Yeah, you know I think there it's great. A, uh, I'm just curious. It's old yeah, I haven't heard. I haven't heard a lot of people say it, but there were, there was a guy in my high school. Uh, he was a senior when I was a freshman, and uh, he lived in my neighborhood. and uh, And he said it all the time. He said Judas Priest, you know. And there was this wasn't this there a band. band? In, yeah, yeah, there was this band in the eighties called Judas Priest, and I thought I always thought it was super funny, and I started saying it way back uh, way back then, and it's always stuck with me. It's I like an it's old just, friend, you know. It, it's an old it's it's actually I mean Big T it's actually an old school phrase. I mean obviously as old school as Judas Priest is old. But yeah, yeah. um but I I think I, and again I don't know I don't know where, where the connotations lie with people saying, you know, Jesus Christ. And so some people it's almost like it's almost like court, sort of a sort of a bedfellow with that with that with that sort of slang, you know, just saying Judas Priest. Yeah. But it is kind of an old an old phrase. Like I've I've heard it on movies and things like that. It's okay. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So so there you go. I, I like it. I I, uh, I will have to see if uh, if it fits. You know, some some words just roll off the tongue and some don't. I'm gonna have to give that one a try and see how it tastes. But I, yeah, I but like you know it. what? It always Piper, makes me laugh. I mean, Ted and I have just shortened it to Judas. I know. Yeah, it's yes. great. <laughs> but but sometimes we shorten everything. But sometimes right. uh, sometimes you need the the full version. You know, all three syllables, and sometimes you want the short version because that's how expletives work. Well, guys, yeah, check be, it out. Like, if you checked so all I've my texts, if you checked all my texts, there's like, there's at least like four or five people where if you scrolled up and down, you would see the word like Judas as a reply like eight different nice. times. You know what I mean? I so, I've seen so, it in text messages. Yeah, oh yeah. Re- regarding this man, regarding Judas Priest, what's the over under on number of earnest rebukes that we're going to get about using the phrase Judas Priest? Because um, you know it's going to happen. Ah, uh, I. I would venture to guess that unless – well, here's what's going to happen. You and I will hear nothing on this, Ted, and Ronnie will have three people who talk to him in person 
Dude, right. <laughs> tell him that talk he to Ronnie. Who tell you him know? that he shouldn't do it. Yeah, people don't waste their time with us. Ronnie apparently gives off the good listener vibe or the uh, Ronnie gives you know, off open the to counsel vibe. Hope for him vibe. You know? Well, guys, that's because that's because I that's because I, I raised my celebrity to C minus last last week. That's why you yes, guys were D plus. I I bumped up to C minus. You christened so. yourself a C minus reformed celebrity. So. You know what, man? If I'm if so, I don't want anybody christening me, you know, D plus. <laughs> if, if I'm gonna get christened, I'll christen myself and I'll bump myself up half step. C-. Baby, that really that 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 really uh, it, <laughs> it didn't sit well with you, did it? It's stuck in your craw, as it were. Actually, I was just I'm still cracking up that like instead of just saying D list, Piper goes D plus list. <laughs> Dude, he gave like, us the D plus. He bumped he us just, up. Yeah, he couldn't just he couldn't settle under the ground floor. No, with the you know what we did? Yeah, we, some we, modicum of ego still exists. We went to the optional thing in the evening and we signed the thing and we got a little extra credit at it and bumped us up to a D. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So stupid. Do it as priest. <laughs> yes. All right, boys. Well, let's end what? this. Let's end this while we're ahead. <laughs> or now. We, we have wandered to and fro, uh, as we always do on this program. And uh, until next time, Judas Priest, Rachel Held Evans. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.